All right, we're back. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, welcome back to the show. This is Catharsis, an open platform for whoever to talk about whatever and uh, hopefully to have a cathartic moment. Um, tonight with me on the show, we've got Moose, Joe Dunn here, Hello. and my beautiful wife, Nina La Satira. Yeah. Mike Close. Yeah, um, oh, my God, that guy. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, husband, wife here, but uh, we're okay. Um, we're going to just kind of, uh, more than anything, talk about a topic that was just kind of interesting and, you know, kind of thought provocative, No, not a whole lot of science or quantum theory or anything like that. So today's topic would be, um, imagine a world if human beings cared about each other. And, um, you know, if you sit and think about that, it, it, there's a lot that would change in our society. And another thing to think about is, is it even possible? <laughs> like, is it even possible for humans to care about each other? And if they finally get to that point, is it possible for them to govern themselves openly and freely with no ego and no no hierarchy, no competition, anything like that? So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Um, something I thought that thought about it, you know a while back, and the more I thought about it. Um, the more I was kind of just going, wow, s so much can change. Almost everything in our society can change. You know, if people really cared about it, each other, um, and I'm just giving some examples, you know, it would probably drastically reduce or eliminate something like homelessness and uh, unemployment and things like that. Um, now you can go into the, the court system, family law, you know, if people cared about each other, I don't think there would be need for a family law. And you could go further with that with not needing doctors, not needing lawyers, not needing governments to regulate everything and control everybody. You know, if uh, all the humans cared about each other and looked after each other, um, there w really wouldn't be need to be a governing power that's kind of watching over us and telling us what to do and dictating the laws that we live by. So... Um, well, let's start with you, Joe. Do you have any thoughts on that? I have a few. <coughs> I, with this, with this particular subject, tend to lean a little more towards the cynical view. Um, I believe, um, pretty much that there are possibilities that the world could change and if people cared and had more compassion for each other that yes the world could change but i believe <coughs> a certain tragedies have to take place before mankind can start actually recovering from the damage it's done to itself already if we were to all pull together and just have compassion for one another <coughs> a lot would have to change and um it's not going to be good it'll be hard changes but it'll end up being good in the long run so i believe I, I i ride both sides of that fence but i definitely believe that severe tragedy would have to happen in order for um mankind to kind of get it together 
Yeah, so it's it's almost like a duality, you, you know. So so say we get to a point where all human beings actually cared about each other. So that means like it's really not a need to have countries and borders. Everyone just kind of gets along, right? But you know, I think what you're saying is is like in order for that to be sustainable, like in order for people to change or kind of evolve, there needs to be some sort of suffering, mm-hmm. you know, and there's this duality here. And, and that's kind of how the universe works, where somewhere in the middle, the balance between the yin and yang or the good and the evil um, is peace. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I- if all humans cared about each other, like would it eliminate the duality? I mean, or would there... N- not there no longer be a need for some sort of suffering for human beings to keep moving forward with their consciousness and kind of staying unified i think so it just if the question if the question is how do we get there you know it's not a pretty answer but if the question itself is can we get there yes i think we could get there i think mankind could (coughs) um get to a point of like you said, where it's governing itself and there's no need for poverty and homelessness and all of that. It's, it's, it's a possibility. Um, Right. I I would say anything's possible. And, you know, in a perfect world, it's easy to say that, you know, you know, we can fix the earth by, by, Oh, let's all come together. And all we got to do is care about it, each other. But there's a lot more going on there that's required. There's a consciousness requirement. There's, again, you're going to have to deal with certain laws of the universe, which is the duality, the good and the evil. And, um, you know, I think it's anything's possible, and I do think it's possible. I think what's more of a struggle to me would be can humans govern themselves once they get, once they kind of attain some sort of utopic society where everyone gets along and everyone's just kind of, you know, on the same frequency and nobody's, there's no ego. So nobody's wanting more or asking for more or living in competition because the, you know, the universe works on cooperation instead of competition. Like that would require no ego. How are we going to get people, how are we going to get people there though? Well, uh, the road is not an easy one. I mean, the question, yes, it's possible, and the question is very thought-provoking. I have an answer. Let's hear it. It's a tough answer, but if people are will, willing to listen, um, genocide, <coughs> real life. The only thing that's really going to, would really change is people don't give a shit about anybody until they l- experience loss. When you're experiencing loss of a loved one, um, it changes things inside of you biologically. Immediately, people automatically start caring about somebody. There's people who walk around the world and try to be the negative naysayers that, oh, I don't care about nobody. There's somebody that you once cared about or do care about or have had compassion for. So with every human is born innately with that. So in order... For every human to collectively, all at once, want and need that biological change, that shift within inside of themselves, they would have to. They would have to experience legitimate loss, and that required. That would come from 
a genocide. Right. It's a terrible answer, but it's, it's no, it, it, it's it's pretty straightforward. You know, change <coughs> requires loss, and you know, most people don't really grow or or kind of evolve when things are going great. It it usually takes a tragedy. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And what ends up happening, I think, ultimately, is you just surrender. <laughs> you, you know, you just kind of just give up. Like, God forbid, I, you know, I have two children. If, if anything happened to one of them, I don't think I'd ever get over it. I, I just think it would, my perspective would be forever altered. Right. That's the point. You, you know, and I think I would. I, I think if it, if, if it did happen to me or close hit close to home, I would just kind of surrender to whatever is you know making me breathe each day and you know i you know it's a tough question i i don't know uh how i would go about it but um it's a very good point because i think when you know times are good and everyone's got enough money in the bank and stuff nothing changes Mm -hmm. you know nothing will shift because they're we'll call it their comfort zone that you know that the bills are paid they're happy they're semi-healthy this and that there's why change you know what i mean Mm -hmm. But when you have something as devastating as like somebody close to you, and specifically like a child, um, or a father, or a grandparent, or an aunt, or uncle, or somebody, but somebody, a- absolutely. Or you know, you lose your freedom for twenty years, and you're in a penten- penitentiary or something like that. You know, it, it almost forces surrender, and it almost forces gratitude. You know, that might sound weird, but like, mm-hmm. you know, at least you're alive. It, it maybe some days you don't want to be alive but like there's some sort of gratitude in the fact that you you need to keep going you know yeah. for those who uh, feel like they they don't have anybody or care about anything there's something yeah I- and you know w- the interesting thing about life is is it could change instantaneously like uh, the you never know what tomorrow's bringing you and you know. So be grateful for today because it's a present. Yep. And it's a gift. St- you stay present, you know, and, you know, it takes an awareness because you have to really be aware of your thoughts because what's really putting you in whatever emotional position are your thoughts. It's probably not even reality, you know, and it, that's a tough one. You know, you have to be very strong with your thoughts because, you know, lo- suffering or losing somebody, I- you know, y- I think it would be a requirement to to really be in control of your thoughts or you can really, you know, start sliding uh, down a negative path, so to speak. Right. So, or the exact opposite could happen and people could experience loss and understand and then have compassion for each other because without bad or with, there can't be good without bad. So even if you do experience the negative, bad thoughts and all that other BS that comes along with loss, you will also, as as a um, side effect of all that, y- you will feel gratitude. You will feel thankful. You will feel all of the positive sides of experience that as well. You know, grateful for life, for the people around you. And it'll make it, it always makes people just appreciate a little bit more and right you know it's 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 a tough answer but it's a real one yeah you know i just think uh (laughs) it's almost like a forced surrender whether you want to surrender who you were or what you were your ego whatever you want to call it you don't 
you get to a point where like you don't have a choice you're just basically broken inside and it's just a matter i guess the question is whether you're willing to rebuild yourself or wallow in that you know? right and to me that's a simple choice but to a lot of people you know sometimes you could sit and wallow and miss that loved one or whatever for years and years and years and that'll become your life right but you know if if you you lose a loved one you know and if if they had the ability to come back and talk to you i'm pretty sure they would say stop moping and get on with your life Mm -hmm. you know um i always like the quote from joe dispenza (laughs) he's had a lot of people in his groups and week longs come to him and uh, oh my god joe i lost a family member and and joe's response is always great now you have more energy to create with and he just drops that in their lap, you wow. know, because he, he, he's not going to break out a violin and play the sympathy role. He's just going, you know, he goes quantum f- theory, really. He just goes, there's, you know, humans are eternal beings. There's no such thing as matter. So it's just energy, frequency and matter. Th- th- your loved one's not even dead. Th- their body's gone and you probably won't see them in the material world anymore, but they're there mm-hmm. and you're an eternal being. So. Now you got more energy to create with. Don't don't give off that energy, ruining your life by you know being depressed and moping around like that. Or squander their memory. Exact. That's a good point. Dignify their memory. Right. You know, don't just go down, the, you know, into a deep dark drunk, you know, you know, and just check out on life. But because that love pr- loved one that passed away doesn't would never want that for you. Right. They're not up there going, oh, I hope you feel bad for me today. Today's the day that I die. Right. They don't want that. You know, and that's, it's all thoughts, you know, and um, it's interesting. I mean, we're we're sort of digressing a bit, um, so let me reel this back in. Like, um, do either of you guys have any examples? Um, So let's just hypothetically say the world, we're we're now living in a world where all human beings care about each other. That means, you know, the the people in the Middle East, the Muslims get along with the Christians, the Chinese get along with the Koreans, you know, and everyone kind of is unified and understands the principle that we're all kind of coming, we all kind of come from the same universal stardust, so to speak, and we're all connected. Right. And everyone kind of gets that, you know, so, uh, you know, we're in, we're in the United States, so, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at what, you know, I always ask the question, what would change? You know, if everyone cared about each other, what would change? And, and what I'm looking at is, you know, the education systems, the court systems. We mentioned homelessness. You know, um, if, if everyone's looking out for each other and, and not overly ambitious to, to try and get more than somebody else, you know, there's no hunger. There's no poverty, you know, and, and just just by that fact alone um i don't see how a government can sustain or control large groups of people so you know technically you could you could eliminate governments you know and just kind of you know i kind of want people to kind of visualize what the earth would be like is if everyone kind of got along say like you got in your car and went to work every morning and everyone let you in in traffic and no one flipped everyone off and you know, everyone was cool. Yeah, you, you can go ahead of me. And, oh, you don't have enough for groceries? Let me let me buy them for you, you know. So think about just the energy, you know, and how different and, and, and how, how much safer people would feel. You know what I mean? 
do we have any examples in mankind's history of such a of such a lifestyle? I don't know. I mean, as far back, you know, depending on what history you believe in, uh, one of the Fair. laws of the universe is duality, right? So there's always a good and the evil. And, and you can go back as far as Egyptian times. You know, there was a hierarchy. There was a power structure there that controlled the slaves or the, the, the proletariat or, you know, wh whatever it was. There was Fair. always a hierarchy that was controlling a multitude of people, you know. So, um, but, you know, realistically, humans have only been on Earth, you know, they've been around, we've been around for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, but universally speaking, that's, that's really nothing, you know, so mm -hmm. it could be a, f a, a, a potential uh, future on this planet, because yes, it is possible, but it takes a, 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 a higher level of consciousness, a higher level of vibration, and, and, an understanding of you know how the universe works and quantum theory and the fact that we really are co connected and you know it's difficult because you know we live in this three-dimensional world right so this is the world of the five senses in order to make sense of the three dimension nothing's real unless we can feel it touch it see it hear it you know what i mean right it's the world of the senses you know so well uh, it's also the um oh my gosh keep going i'm, I'm gonna find this for you real quick well it, so it, what, what that means is is like you're living in the world of space time right so you have space and time in the third dimension time being the fourth dimension right so in order to you know have this reality in the three-dimensional world there there are separate points of consciousness you know like for example, my kitchen is, you know, 40 feet from the couch we're sitting on, right? So th those are two points of consciousness. Right. Those are that, that right, right away that causes separation. So, you know, going back to the possibility of unifying all humans on Earth in a three-dimensional world would take a, a consciousness level and, and really everyone would have to be in the present moment continually that you know just the eternal present moment moment after moment and they cannot slip into a past program and this is all factual by the way for the viewers listening it's backed by look it up it's called the double split experiment which dictates which means basically nothing exists until it's observed one molecule can exist in two places times uh, at the same exact time until it's observed. So anything and everything that you think and touch and feel and all this really doesn't exist in, until you observe it. And yeah. it's a hard concept to, to wrap your head around, but, but look it up, the double slit. It, well, it's the most credible science, and, <coughs> and that's what Einstein proved. He, prov he proved mathematically that energy and matter are connected mm -hmm. somehow and we live in a participatory uh, universe e, e equals mc squared right they're related which means like it, it takes a conscious observer to collapse wave into particle and vice versa you know one of the things that einstein really had a struggle with was one of his other uh, colleagues was basically told him you know uh scientifically speaking you look at the moon and the moon looks real 
very real to you, but the mom moment you turn your back on the moon and, and take your eyes oh. off it, it collapses back in the wave. Yeah, it's gone. And, and that is scientifically proven. That is not philosophy. It blows my mind just to think it about this, but it it it's factual. It, it is. Yeah. And um, I, and I, I, I think <laughs> going back to, you know, our, what we're talking about, like uh, all humans would have to have an understanding of all of that, you right. know, in order to really grasp, you, you know, that, that you're not just a part of the universe. You are the universe. Like that's what all the atoms in you are the same atoms that were that make up the universe. And, and that's that's hard for people to get their head around, especially being programmed in a, a three dimensional world of matter in the world of the senses mm -hmm. for 10 20 30 40 years like i'm not even sure your brain can conceptualize that you know it, it requires you know reading knowledge and then and suffering alchemy you know you you, you got to practice it you have to experiment with it you know what yeah, i mean yeah uh, yeah and and that and there's always that dash of suffering which is a, a terrible thing that comes with change but it's an absolute requirement I'll, I'll tell you this, Joe. I, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for some of the w gnarliest points in my life. Like, I, I could have probably just been cruising along unconscious like everybody else in my comfort zone. I've developed an identity that kind of gets me through life and works. But what really shook me to the core was, um, you know, certain traumatic events in my life that were, you know, that would require me to like lose family members lose what I, what was familiar with me really really intense tragedies that mm -hmm. really kind of uh, surrender is the most important thing you know y y in order to flip and change your perspective on something and kind of look at life differently i think it requires surrendering the ego and just surrendering in general because then there's different doors of perception that'll open up and you can can kind of see things a little bit differently mm -hmm. and you can't get that without suffering right absolutely you know I mean? and and uh, i'm a firm believer in that as unfortunate as, as it is for everyone listening to hear it's the truth um the situation of your circumstance it has to be more or the uncomfortability of your situation has to outweigh your circumstance in order to change your circumstance. Yeah, so. you know, it's uh, something I always think about. Like, there's a lot of great people from our past historically, right? And there's some really good stories about success stories about great people that, you know, built their way up and worked hard and became successful financially and all this other stuff, but they didn't really have tr tragic events. But then what's what I've always been drawn to are the people that really sat in the fire, that really had horrible betrayals, in, insane amount of like dishonest things happened to them, injustice happening to them. Nelson Mandela, for example, would be somebody that, you know, they threw him in jail for 30 years. Like the guys that can can live through that and change and not be bitter and, and rise from it and have this sympathy and love. Those are the stories that interest me. Those are the guys that impress me. I mean, it's easy to become happy, wealthy, rich and whatever. If, if say like you're a Donald Trump and you know, you've got 
transgenerational wealth. You know, you've always got backing and you've really never kind of cruised through life with w- without it with a uh, without a safety net, you know. Yeah. Cuz like you and I our, our childhoods I didn't have a safety net, you didn't have a safety net, yeah. you know, and and it caused us to like I'm sure it developed something in our brain to where it was like, okay, we we can't make mistakes here. You know what I mean? Well, there's like there's, there's no room for error. Right. Well, there's like nine-year-olds in Jerusalem and in, in that area that are more mature than 25-year-old men in America. These kids, you know, and it, it, it depends on how you want to raise your kids, and there's all, all I don't want to go down that political path. Everybody has their judgments. But all I'm saying is America has born and bred pussies, and, uh, you know, God. I like it. And it just is what it is. And, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, hats off to you, man. You're the dude. <laughs> but you got two sons, brother. And, you know. If they're not going to be successful, then fuck them. Right. You, you know what you I mean? Know. I'm like, they, 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 they got a chance at an education. More importantly, they had they were surrounded by love and support and all this other stuff. Yeah. You think about it, an eight-year-old kid in Jerusalem. That's already like got the 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 neuroplasticity, the, the the wiring and firing of the neocortex to to function as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's how incredibly powerful the brain is. But um, you know, I, when I hear stories of like rich kids doing great, it, I'm I'm just not impressed. I'm sorry, right. you know, because there's no depth to that and like you wake up in a good mood every morning and you should <laughs> mm-hmm. you know but like do you really have an identity have you really sat in the fire have you really had to like well no and it's imp- it's done on purpose these kids haven't done none of that shit there's no. grown ass men to this day who have still never experienced a single hardship you know and 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 it shows and that's the goal for most people is they want this simple a good life mm-hmm. you know and I, I think the really the great people are the ones that kind of almost self-sabotage their life. You know what I mean? Almost. They're, they're, they're kind of just like going, okay, I'm game for this because I'm bored. I, I, I could do this. I could run a business. But, like, there's got to be something more. And um, yeah, I'm going to yeah. throw my life in com- into complete turmoil mm-hmm. to see if I can pull it off. You know okay, I, mean? I, I definitely agree with you. Me and you, or you and I, specifically, that's that resonates with. Right. Um. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> and it does. Neither of us chose, like, the path our parents would have ever wanted us on. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I, it, that was by choice. And, and exactly everything we did was intentional, too. Um, I was the right. bad example intentionally. But, you know, it required a shitload of suffering. And I am now... I think leaps and bounds ahead of most people my age, which isn't a flex because, you know, I, I did a lot of stupid and intentional shit to myself in order to at least walk this planet aware and conscious instead of like a zombie with my head stuck in my phone like uh, the rest of everybody else. Right. You know what's interesting about that too is, and this is bi- biologically, is like, Every time your heart gets like stomped or almost put out or near death, it, it when it comes back, it comes back stronger. Yeah. Every time. So like if you don't ever have 
any kind of shortcomings in life or traumatic s situations, your heart just doesn't become as strong or as resilient uh, and your belief system isn't mm -hmm. as strong, you know, uh, if you haven't really gone through some really heavy stuff I in your life. And that's just biology. That's not, you know, like a mental thing. That's the biology of your heart just gets stronger, more invincible, and it, and it starts to develop more compassion, more mm -hmm. love, you know, and, and more grace, you know, all for yourself because yeah. you, you are still here, mm -hmm. you know, like all these forces tried to put your fire out and, and, and kill you or extinguish you. What and doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Pretty simple. Yes. But here's another interesting fact about the heart. The heart has trillions of little tiny, um, basically like strings like when they say oh tugging on my heartstrings you know little tendons inside of there and those do break w during heart aches so um you can legitimately real life physically die from a heartbreak you can yeah that's a fa that's a uh, factual uh, thing so uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger so mm -hmm. it if you can make it through those heartaches we're uh, in the going to be a stronger in the near future it. we're going to we're going to do a podcast about the heart. You know, I'm still doing some research on it, but it is by far more amazing yeah. than your brain. And the brain is in uh, universally speaking is one of the most powerful things ever created in our galaxy at the very least. But your br your heart never lies to you. And nope. it's got all these components and, it and, and it's got it even has biologically it has brain tissue in it you know and that's a pretty interesting Heart brain coherence it is it, it, it's a pretty interesting concept to think about like you know the average person just thinks your heart is just pumping blood and it's doing all these organic things and biological things but there's all these other things going on that are plus it's a magnet it's a magnet it's magnetic you know your brain is electro your heart is magnetic. Your auric field around you is electromagnetic. What's generating most of that is your heart. Mm -hmm. And most people kind of just forego that. Like, for example, people that are trying to heal or get better or, you know, fix whatever problem, they, they kind of just bypass the heart or ignore it, you know, and it's more of a psychological thing. Mm -hmm. But you can't really heal or get to a wholeness if you don't feel it within you have to yes so the language of the brain is thinking the language of the heart is, is feeling mm -hmm. and you have to have both of those components mm -hmm. and you can think the greatest thoughts in the world but you got to feel it but if you're not feeling it you're actually uh, make, making yourself i'm sicker. a millionaire i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that but you feel like it shit stops inside. right at the base of your brain yep it stops because as soon as it gets to your heart and your heart doesn't feel it it's over right so imagine that what your body's doing, it's, y you know, you're, you're, th you're thinking good thoughts, but your heart, you're feeling still in lack or whatever. It's, it's the equivalent of, um, like driving a car with your, your foot on the, the gas pedal and the brake at the same time. So in reality, you're actually making yourself sicker by doing that, by omitting like your heart, paying attention to your heart. You and know this is mean? all a practice. Nobody can just figure this shit out and then just just change it. it. It's it's a conscious effort daily in order to change and feel these thoughts. 
Yeah, I think people just assume, oh, I, yeah, I have a heart and I have a brain. Like, people just assume it, on a biological level, you know, there's just, okay, yeah, it pumps my blood, this and that, but that's all it does. There, th- your heart has a brain. Your gut has a brain. Like, there are energy centers in you. I mean, it, it, it's just a scientific fact. It's it, It's not, you know, weird science or some sort of hippie philosophy or anything like that it, right. it, it's scientifically proven that people either ignore it overlook it or you know just have a shallow belief system in it or they're not programmed to understand it but um well, it's you know, hard to have a belief system when when you've been indoctrinated your whole life into believing one thing and then you grow up and you want to believe another thing and be rebellious as a kid and this that the other then you kind of reach like you get like your adolescent years and into young adulthood and then you realize okay you know maybe i don't know everything and you start searching for answers and this that the other and next thing you know you don't really actually have a solid set belief system so now you're trying to find this belief system when when you have all these external parties like family and religion that was put on you and social media and indoctrination and this, that, the other. And it's really hard to fucking feel and think. Like, you realize you're smart enough to realize and think and intelligent to tell yourself there's something wrong here. But then to feel it within yourself, okay, how do I fix it? It's a fucking struggle. It's a practice. It's something you got to do every day. Um nobody gets it down the first right on no, the second a- absolutely and what you know what you just said what 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 it, it just made me think of something is like like how many people really like like everyone's got their perceived identity like how many people and and, and a lot of them are contrived it's not really who they are it's who they're playing just to get through life you know right. get through high school without getting bullied or whatever it's it, our own reality you know it, so it's like you know in order to heal like like you kind of got to get in touch with who you really are and like most people are kind of just role-playing and, and i'm not really even sure most people honestly if, if if we had to define their identity i don't know if they would come up with with, with an answer well fuck you i'm know? guilty of that myself you know? i i think we all are it's yeah. you know like we f- say we found something we were good at. Ooh. Oh man, I'm a surfer. Right. You know, Joe's a really good skateboarder. He w- used to be a professional skateboarder. Okay, so that's now his identity because it it gets him through life better. Right. You know, it, there's financial opportunities. This is what works. But is it really him? Right. You know, because I mean that's you know that's the material world, and yeah, he's really good at it and all that stuff. But like, there's got to be something deeper that you can attach yourself to you right know? and I, th- I think that what you're ser- what you're searching for is a purpose like maybe because i don't necessarily you're right like i don't necessarily this this is my answer i don't necessarily know who i am but i don't see that as a bad thing and i see it as a positive because i'm always changing i'm always growing i'm always evolving so i'm never going to fully know who i am because who i am yesterday it's different than who I am going to be exactly. tomorrow. Exactly. That's that's absolutely. But but there's an awareness there. Right. You know, because I, I mean, one thing I'm really good at right now, you know, and I practice all this stuff is I always check myself. I'll take a moment back and I, I'll go, who was I a, a year ago? What were my my pursuits and proclivities and all that stuff? Like w- w- what defined me? You know, like in my 20s, it w- 
was I, I had to be a surfer or a punk rocker you know that's what got me girls or you know that that's what got me through life without getting beat up or you know humiliated in front of people you know i found a certain skill set that i was good at or i found something that i thought other people thought was cool right. you know and i got good at that or i be i used that as my image you know and, and i mean you look at america and you've got douchebags everywhere kardashians and stuff like that they're they're just they're they're images mm -hmm. that i i really don't think they're real and i don't think those people want to be real because they're making tons tons of money well why be real when 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 would you, when you've got that finances they don't have to worry about shit well it's working mm -hmm. you know it's, it's uh, like our society is sending the wrong message to them so why would they change like fucking jersey shore <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he made me watch that. <laughs> yeah, that's Trainwreck Central. Fucking you know, anything. I, I'm into uh, Corey Feldman has a rock band now. So I'm into watching Corey Feldman uh, pretend to be uh, a musician or a lead singer in this band. <laughs> and he, 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 I don't want to say he's a bad dancer, but he rips off all of Michael Jackson shit. But um, he has no soul, he has no rhythm. He's not Is that fucking Bruno Mars? Well, hit him too. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the list goes on. But um, but like, go on YouTube and, and like he came from my generation, Corey Feldman, and I like him as an actor. I loved some of his movies and stuff like that. But he, he's trying to put together this rock band, and he's got a bunch of groupie angel girls that he makes sign contracts, oh, signs contracts to, and one of them plays keys and this and that and. I couldn't imagine how humiliating it would be to be a bass player, or a drummer, uh, like a musician in his band. But when I watch this guy, he takes it really serious about his band, and he's about as bad as it gets, <laughs> like on every level, like no voice, no soul, no rhythm, horrible content. But oh, he, he's rocking it. Like he obviously <sighs> doesn't care what anyone thinks. This but he, is my he, he's rocking it like going, oh, man, we just killed it last night. Great show. Mm -hmm. And okay. most people are in the back vomiting. This br brings me to a yeah. good point, though. You're right. You know, and wrong. But it's like he and found. Wrong. Well, yeah, yeah, the duality. duality but like yeah. he, you know, he found this thing where it works for him. Well, yes. And, and but really, you know, he just is so sold that I grew up in this industry. I'm an entertainer. I'm an entertainer. He might be. He's fucking selling it. He's doing it. Yep. And, 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 and believe it or not, Joe, there are people that actually enjoy his music. Well, you want to know something? Which is crazy. This dude inside himself feels that he's the shit. Absolutely. And it's fucking His working. conviction is unparalleled. Yeah, like, exactly. Like for him to go out on stage, and I mean, people are hawking loogies on him and stuff like mm -hmm. that. For him to just walk off stage going, yeah, we crushed it, man. This man's well, walking we got away going, we got twenty thousand viewers. <laughs> but like, if you're a musician or you know, if you understand music at all, you're just going, oh my god. Yeah. I I mean I, I well, feel that 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 taste of vomit in the back of my throat, and I want to feel sorry for this guy, but it's so pathetic. Well, I you can't. can't feel sorry for him because this guy doesn't feel sorry. And he's for making himself. dope. No, and he's which means about he doesn't him. care about. Well, so the rest of humanity goes, well, fuck, this guy's got it going on. I, I'm gonna like his shit, and bam, because everybody's so desperate to like something, or everybody's so fucking desperate. Just to latch on to anything, right? But you know, that's is, identity. When you 
even if you the thing is if you even even if you don't like his stuff and many people not like him but they watch it still know what i mean oh absolutely i know what you mean um there's i'm I'm a music i fancy myself a music connoisseur i will listen to everything um doesn't matter I, I i like it all um but if i'm riding in the car with somebody on long trips or even to and from work or whatever commuting my playlist goes all over the place. It's it's like an ADHD yeah, person's worst too. nightmare. I so go from <laughs> the Carpenters to Cannibal Corpse. Right, same. Yeah. You know, I'll do Devil Wears Prada straight into Frank Sinatra. <laughs> right. You know. Joe, actually, I walked in the other day at work, and Joe was playing, like, 50s Frank Sinatra stuff. And it was rad because yeah. the homeowners were, like, in their 50s or 60s. And but it was the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to be busting out Slayer. No. You, you know, it's not. It's just not appropriate. But, like, I, I'm pretty sure Corey Feldman's not in your playlist. Well, it got me a $100 tip, just so you know. <laughs> Everybody knows. You know. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, was pre- <laughs> I was pretty stoked, actually, at the end of that job. They liked me. And that's another Fuck, big that's thing. all on you. And that money goes to you. Fuck, yeah. But anyways, so my point is, like, being a music snob, I, I like some shit that I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest, I don't even fully understand some of the times. So I'm not fucking sure what they're saying. And there's no lyrics <laughs> to these videos or to these mu- songs. But man, the person's soul, they give a shit about what they're doing. Their conviction is all the way there. And that's enough for me. Just, I don't give a fuck what you sound like if I don't understand you. If I can hear it in your voice, that like this is your thing, hell yeah, dude! Like right on, brother. Fucking do your thing, and I'm right beside you, banging my head. What's up? I I don't give a shit if I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, no, uh, the same thing for me. You know, I I played in bands. You know, I've mostly been a bass player. I played live in front of people and stuff like that. But like Corey Feldman, he's doing it. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> He's doing yeah. it. I'm not. I, I, so, yep. uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I always had this. This there's this, this guy Asaph Avedin. I don't know if anybody knows who he is. Look him up. Incredible. You would never expect what you're thinking. And this is what you're saying, like Corey Feldman. This guy, same scenario, same situation. Like, hundred percent. Is he horrible or is he talented? <laughs> I. It's perspective. I guess so. It's perspective. He's I doing th- it. I think yeah, well, he's doing it. So that's really all that matters. I think he's incredible. But everybody that I've showed him to thinks he's ass. But I think personally. That's all that matters. He's fucking So amazing. yeah. So like these guys say like Corey Feldman, 99% of the people think he's a train wreck. There's, there's 1% of the population that's his fan base. You know? Yeah. I, w- one thing I struggled with in the 80s. <coughs> was Bon Jovi. Like, I couldn't figure out which I hated more. Did I hate Bon Jovi the dude more than the music? Mm. Because I was like, going, which do I hate more? Oh, that's do I toughie. hate the music worse? Or b- but that guy's such a douche. Yeah. You know, but like, here I am sitting on a couch not playing music, not touring and making tons of money. I got to give him some props. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he's not my scene. Who is the lead singer for Guns N' Roses? 
Oh, fuck. Axel Rose. Rose See, I love Guns N' Roses, but fuck Axel Rose. Total douchebag. Fucking douchebag, yeah. Total. Absolutely. You know. 100%. But, um, I mean, all those all those band members had to play with that guy, you know? Yeah. And they they somewhat needed him, and it, w- and it worked back in the day. But, like, I always had respect for Slash. Duff McKagan. I mean, these guys are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I saw Duff McKagan open for Jane's Addiction, uh, Jane's Addiction not a couple of years ago and just to see that guy incredible you know and and you know musically speaking i mean they're solid it's nothing you know otherworldly or, or you know or virtuous but they're very good at what they do axel rose is a dumpster fire you know but like absolutely there's no way guns and roses would have been anywhere where they were without that guy he yeah was, he was a component the fucking duality here we go yeah but i mean he was willing to like lay it down you know and it's easy to to, to base on those guys but like you don't do it mm-hmm. i mean that guy got up on stage he wasn't afraid to fight dudes in the audience he no. wasn't afraid to walk off stages oh uh, well dude if you want to go down that route we should talk about fucking um oh my gosh What's his name? I can't remember, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll back off. Oh my! Who is it? Gigi <laughs> Allen. Oh God! You want to talk I about? I saw Gigi Allen in San Diego in the eighties. What a like show that must have been! You had to be careful going into a you, show because he might light into you. Well, you got to be in the back of the fucking crowd. Well, you. You don't want to say anything. Mm-hmm. You don't want to draw any attention because he'll come after you. Yeah, and he'll wipe his shit on you. He'll cut he, you with razor blades. He, he don't give a fuck. He will. Yeah, he he will uh, do something disgusting. You know. But God, I love that he was a pioneer of punk. I love his like, just his fucking scene. Like, it, I really like Gigi Allen. Like, do I, you really? I do. Yeah. I so do. his brother still keeps on the whole gig. I know. And I bet you they're making more money now that he's dead. So he's been dead for a while, but like, um, after post mortem, post mortem, mm-hmm. um, his brother has kind of kept the Gigi Allen thing going along. And and God, it's crazy. But like, there's teenagers, you know. There's there's a following that he has now that I think is le- and, yeah. it, it, well, and social media has a lot to do with it. Yeah, well, he fucking embodies just a certain something. I think that resonates with a lot of rebellious kids, and and it's you know it's, he's not the, a good example at all. But he was somebody that as a, as a kid I raged on with. You know, I, I think what what in for me anyway, what Gigi Allen represented was an, a, an open spectrum. Like there was no no boundary so to speak you know what i mean like you know most guys that were in the industry you know they kind of wanted to make something of it and they they were just going okay like the germs you know yeah darby didn't care darby crash was a a guy that didn't really care how his music i mean it was it was it was almost theater you know what i mean yeah and um, it was it, it was more of an art form than how good his music was going to sound. And let's be clear, like punk rock it, music. He did uh, a show at an old folks home and like gave no fucks about who his audience was or not, was raging. And it's just like respect, dude. So imagine the freedom of that. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's basically going. I don't really care if I sell an album. 
I don't really care who likes me. I'm going to be as obnoxious as possible. This and hopefully somebody will get hurt and I'll go to jail. He knows himself. He knew he was the spawn of Satan and embodied it. That That's just what you it, know? it is. And, and there is. There's this duality where, like, there's there's this rotten side of that. But, like, there's this purity to it, too, where, like, what he's doing and what he has is what most people wish they had but don't have. Right. But they Everybody's would never in. go down that avenue. Everybody's too envious. And so this is why I respect the man because there are certain aspects and traits and qualities about people that I find attractive. But have never been willing to step into those shoes, like certain styles. Right. Never been able to rock. The Imagine style. being the guy that like pulls something off or does something that like no one had, had would have conceived of doing when they're witnessing that. You know, they're just you're just going, okay, now's the time I'm gonna go do this, and I just might get a. Re- it's a shock value thing too, but like, you know, that's it. That expands consciousness, right? It, it shows you what else is possible. Yeah, you might get arrested or you get hurt or somebody gets hurt or whatever, but, like, no one else will do it, you know? So, oh, yeah. I, I, like, I, I can kind of um, respect that aspect of it. And, and most, you know, in order to shake people up, you, you have to get their attention. you got to do something pretty gnarly or pretty heavy, right. you, you know? Otherwise... There's this vapid culture, this vapid, you know, feeling everyone has in the United States, at least, to where, like, if you want to get their attention. Yeah, but how fucking easy is it now to offend somebody? Realistically, you can get somebody's attention if you bat an eye at them wrong. Well, but that's what's wrong with our country. You know what I mean? Like, as an artist, you know, there should be this freedom to, like, be able to (laughs) drop a bomb somewhere and, and... you know, you might go to jail or this or that, but at least there's somebody out there that's willing to kind of appreciate the purity of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not supposed to be pretty. It's not supposed to be uh, socially acceptable, but what it's supposed to do is kind of jar people to out of their comfort zone or their... their Provokes thought. N- exactly. Their perspective, you know, we're only using 1% of our brain, like, and, and the only way to change that is to, to kind of shift. You know, and you need, like you said in the beginning, a suffering moment or just some really heavy moment because, you know, we're just so conditioned over time that, like, unless something just completely takes you by surprise, most people are vapid and it just goes right by them and there's no message there. Nothing, nothing is learned, you know. Well, it goes or or. I'm guilty of this one. Um reacting in the moment looking back realizing and then two days later back in the old program like like two days later i'm just back to doing my own thing in that fucking moment that i had the aha okay this is something i need to work on two days later it goes away and we don't and then i'm and then i'm faced with the issue again and then and it's just continuous until like Obviously, I fucking work past it, but as I'm traveling down this path, there's like 30 fucking things that I'm working (laughs) on at once. (laughs) What I can say (laughs) just from knowing you is your greatest moments are ahead of you Yeah, because you you have all these elements from your past 
they, there's no, they're not unpurposeful. They're, they're kind of like foundations. You just got to make sense of them and coherence for it. But like people with our backgrounds, like you're great, you're younger than me. Your greatest moments are ahead of you. And, you know, my wife knows me very well. I'm 55 years old. I'm as obnoxious and inappropriate <laughs> as a 55-year-old human being as I've ever been. But I was that way when I was fucking 12. And I just, I, I, I learned to embrace it because, like, I, I don't really care who it offends, but I, I think that's innately part of my authentic self. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I can't just be a normal guy. I got to rock a boat. Mm -hmm. I got to fucking piss the guy off at the supermarket. You Thank know, you. I, I got to flick a booger on the old lady that fucking yep. hates punk rockers, or, yeah. you know, or something. Yeah. Or the guy that steals the parking lot from the, the old Chinese lady. I'll get out of my car and kick his door in. <laughs> you, you know, I'm that guy. Uh, you, you know, that's I mean? why we get along. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Because. If I don't, no one else will. You know, it's vapid. Our 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 society is vapid. Nobody yeah. participates. Or is willing to stand up for themselves. It, it's as simple as just saying what nobody else or what everybody else is thinking. Thinking, but won't say. Fucking, why won't you say it? Right. I drop the bomb in the room. Yeah. And I get kicked out. Like, I got kicked out of a wedding. Like, who gets kicked out of a wedding? You and I. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, these were friends of mine, and I fucking got kicked out of a wedding. I didn't mean to. Alcohol played a role. Yeah. You know, but I, I, you know, I ended up taking my clothes off and started doing flips oh in the swimming pool. <laughs> you know, and the parents just went, look, this isn't, this isn't his day. That's my brother. <laughs> that's, that's my brother's it's shit. their day. You, you know, send him on his way. If my brother doesn't get naked at my wedding. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, are we brothers? And um, I, I just want to apologize to you, Nina. I love you very much. You're my beautiful wife, but like, I don't see me growing out of that. I, I, I just, <laughs> I, I, I just really don't, you know. And like, I'll say, I'll be with her, and I'll say, say something, and she'll just kind of look at me, just going, "Dude, yeah, why did that need to be fucking said?" Well, so here's my <laughs> thing: Have you ever seen it as a detriment? I always thought it was like one of my strong suits. Me too. I was. I thought I was impressing myself. Me too. It was like, <laughs> hey, well, because at the end of the day, if I went home and was like, fuck, I could have stood up for myself. I could have said this. Right, exactly. It's the regret it's that you didn't do it. Yes. So it's like uh, next time I'm fucking doing that. God next damn it. Yes, exactly. 100%. Exactly. And then fucking next time comes around and I'm like, well, no, nah, fuck that. And, uh, <laughs> and Let me then, guess. One of you guys are gonna say this is the Pisces thing. <laughs> we're, we're all Pisces here. We're we're partial to that. Not me. That's you know I I'm looking for someone to to dump the blame on someone, but like I I organically I've been a Pisces my whole life and I've never oh yeah, fucking fought it because I I never I started. I was a Pisces. I started being a Pisces yesterday. Fuck it. I I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> like I've been li I've lived in my car. I've been broke. I've been a fucking on drugs. I've done all of that shit Fuck yeah, me too. that a pisces would do and it's unapologetic that's what I was, I was gonna say unapologetically yourself it, this it, is exactly. something i posted on my instagram if anybody and i don't think most people are w are strong enough to fucking handle that well, you shit. have you have to learn to be unapologetically yourself fuck it like i i learned i go home and reiterate i'm an overthinker i go home and reiterate thoughts this is something i do i'm learning you know what Fuck it. 
like love yourself for who you are. Totally. Like and and, and, and not care about what other people Because think. I overspeak, I overshare, I tell shit, I tell stories. This ad and the other happens and I go home and then I go, you know what? I don't know that person that well. Maybe they shouldn't know that about me. Fuck that person. Who gives a shit? <laughs> you know? You're right. Yeah, you play the role over. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, you know, I, like, and I believe this. I, I think I'm genuinely a good person that cares about everything. Uh, sometimes I'm cynical. I'm obnoxious. I'm a smart ass. Is that the Pisces thing? Yes. I know he's like. But but like, me. Uh, like, <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I don't really have enemies. I, I, I pissed a lot of people off. Do you have frenemies? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> is that a, a wolf in sheep's clothing type exactly. of dude? Exactly. No, I don't keep those around because I don't trust them. Well, because like you can circles, spot them from a mile away. Yeah, my circle, like, my circle from my 20s to where I'm at now is down to, I'm down to like two or three people. You know, well, have you ever had somebody in your circle that you were like, mm, this could be a friend of me? Like, I don't know. That's something I don't I think so, because, you know, you know me. I mean, like, I feel them right. out. I do like I need to get to the bottom of it now, yeah. because if I'm going to let you into my circle, that's a full circle. Like it's on and you're just you're being all this information is being disclosed to you. I'm a very open giving person, but like you have to pass certain things and, and, and you know how I, am. I do the like questions that about you, I yeah. ask in the conversations like before prior to like yeah you know and and I can probably ask three or four questions to anybody and and I'll know based on their energy and their body language and their responses whether they're even worthy of being in my circle and if they are then it's the same as somebody that's known me for 40 years you know what I mean? It's it's you have access to this, you know, and, you know, you have to be s feel safe around everybody that you're hopefully that you associate with. You know, I know it's difficult at work and stuff like that, but like when you're at home or, uh, you, you, you know, your, personal. Pri your personal private time, like that's when your inner child, you, you let your inner child out. Absolutely. And, you know, and vulnerability doesn't even vulnerability a is a very powerful, cool thing. Good point with that. That's mm -hmm. a great word, you know, and like that's innately who like going back to I identity innately who you really are is your inner child. You just right. need, you, you just need to separate. You need an adult Ooh, to protect the inner child. Bomb to drop on the inner child. Okay. Let's hear it. Who you are today. As a person, personality, is who you would have felt safe with as a child. Let that sink in for a second. That's interesting. You know, God, I saw, I saw another quote the other day about the inner child. And it, oh, what it was was like, the quote was, your second child, so that would be my daughter, is a representation of your inner child. Ooh. And I, that took me a while to think about, you know, I was like going, okay, that's my daughter. That's a female. I'm a male, you know, yeah, but, that's wild. um, your inner child's very real and that's who you really are, but you do need an adult self to protect the inner child. Right. Well, at least to, yeah, protect, I was going to say police. But that comes from a sense of control. Y you need a, a sub, a, the other part of you has to be an adult. Yeah. Uh, a, a responsible 
a like personally responsible adult right. that protects that inner child. So like, like I want to go fuck off all my money. Today. Yeah. So like when you get triggered out in public, your inner child just doesn't come out and starts kicking and screaming and throwing f bombs and stuff like that. Oh, your you're talking Karens self, and Jerry's. Yes, your adult self self needs to go. Nope. Take a breath. Smile at that guy and say, "Sorry, I'm sorry. Your your life sucks, and it's not my fault that you hate yourself." But I'm moving forward. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the adult taking care of the inner child. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That makes it. You know, and there's that there's again that duality, you know, because really. And and there were studies about this, about genius, like kids are geniuses, like the percentage just drops the older you get. Right. Well, because we can absorb information on a different level or a grander scale due to our inexperiences throughout life actually is where I think your essence is pure. You know, you haven't been programmed and, and, and exactly. And it's proof of like the indoctrination, girlfriends, distractions, school, school, jobs, parents, teachers, friends, alcohol, drugs. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Getting betrayed. Yeah. all All that shit. When you're young, like, you're a hundred percent susceptible to like that's why indoctrinating starts so young because it, it's easy to become a hundred percent programmed so it's important sorry to interrupt important to understand why the powers that run this country start them when they're young start them when they're young everything you watch all the way down to caillou <laughs> you know it's fucking true like right and, and it's it's bothersome take a second to look at what your kids are watching um I know we're digressing, but it, it's true. I was I was watching a show just the other day um, with my nieces, and it was uh, My Little Pony, and they had social, <laughs> like, <laughs> paradigms inside of this show, and these yeah, ponies were bullying this other right. pony, and then it was – one of them was, like, a gothic pony, and she wasn't <laughs> allowed a birthday because she was, like – gothic it was like they were like literally training kids at a young age who don't even understand this shit what high school like is gonna be like and then and then trickles on into their adulthood and it's just absolutely sickening actually i I was watching this show going this there's no effing way it's perverted it it, it, yeah absolutely was you know and And it's a child's show right and just to remind the, the cathartic community that's out there listening, we go through a series of digressions on every podcast. Yeah. We try to keep it organic and free flow. We started this podcast about um, w- let's envision a world where people cared about each other. And, and we've kind of just went down this path. And, and I like to keep it that way. I don't I don't want to structure or control anything. And, and that's why anybody that wants to come on the show is welcome to. Um, Moose is always, he's my right hand man here because we can develop these, these ideas together, but we're not really sure where it's ever going to go. Um, we've, we've been here <laughs> it's a for a wonderful b- journey though. Yeah. I mean, the, the goal is for us to develop ideas, critical thinking, awareness, consciousness, and hopefully the people listening will have a kind of a cathartic moment, you know, so I'm not really even sure the topics or, you know, our episodes are important because we always kind of 
tie everything back into consciousness and 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 mental health and you know um, making people is 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 unified and complete and whole as possible and and you know forcing people to kind of look at some of the difficult difficult questions you know so we've spent an, an hour digressing so we're about to cut out here so let's reel it back in joe and um let's go back to let's say let's envision a world where people can compare uh cared about each other let's envision that you know it, yes it's hypothetical i do believe it's possible um there's a lot to unpack but what would change let's just say in, since we're in the united states <clears throat> real quick if all the humans in the united states young and old black and white purple, green, whatever, um, cared about each other systemically. Like, what do you think would change in our society? Well, poverty for one. Um, if everybody cared about each other on an equal standing and everybody stood on the same ground level, there would be no rich, poor, there would be no homeless, there would be no poverty also. And that's super important because that cascades down. Right. Also, our agriculture would change. Um, Our processed foods, health would improve. We wouldn't have sicknesses, ailments. um, There wouldn't be cancer. There would be more positive, obviously positive thinking people, positive thinking children, positive thinking ancestors, positive thinking grandchildren. Nurturing our youth. Exactly. Yes. Um, Changing our future for mankind as a whole. Investing, back to the earth. like everyone's mm-hmm. investing in each other. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They would, it would uh, eliminate uh, financial greed and Religion. gluttony and a lot of other things. Yeah, you know, I always kind of turn to the, the the legal system. You know, <clears throat> and let's be clear to the audience out there: um, poverty is man made, and the prison system is a multi multi million dollar business. Okay, let's just get that clear right now. But like if we started to care about these people at a younger age, I don't even see a need for incarceration and stuff like that because that's all based on survival. You know, I mean, a lot of guys start slinging drugs at a young age. Why? To to eat, you know. It's not that they want to, but, you know, if McDonald's is paying you six six dollars an hour and you can make two fifty an hour on the corner. What are you gonna do? Two fifty an hour. <laughs> Thank you. Y- yep. y- you know what I mean. That's not even a fucking what. You know, but even I would do that. If you've got a community that's got your back and really believes in you and, and is investing you and in, in fostering your dreams and your beliefs, now you've not got. Here comes the beliefs. Right. You have to feel it. But but now you're like, you know, the government runs everything on fear. Like now you're now you're fearless. Now you can go after your dreams. Now you can fail, you know, and that's going to be another podcast is failure. Yeah, because failure is a key component to success. Not to digress. Failure or or quitting. But yeah, yeah, let's stay on point. Yeah. (laughs) But um, uh, anything else do you think would change in society? Like if people cared about each other? I mean, the day to day is going to the grocery store, driving in traffic. Gone. Right. Right. Safe to say. Okay, but then. But then, oh man, we're gonna digress. If you, <laughs> if, 
if I got to piss, hurry up. <laughs> this is a good one. If this is one, if if we're living like that, there are other societies on Earth that live similarly to what we're talking about. So, if we were to do such a thing, it would it would. I don't. I'm not too politically inclined, so I don't want to misspeak. But, um, like right now, what com- we don't. You know what? I'm gonna save it for another podcast. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, like, and I talked to a few good friends the other day. Like, they've got their take on the Muslim world. You know, Americans hate the Muslims. The Muslims hate us. You know, it's a, it's a different perspective. You know, mm-hmm. and the the North Koreans hate this, and the Russians hate that. You know, and it's like, I, I kind of put things in perspective. I'm like, going, well, they're all the same. They're all just separate. You know, th- that person's not like them, so they don't like them. You know, and and that so that guy, the Muslims think they're right. right or wrong? Exactly. You know, <coughs> but there's a fucking clear wrong. <laughs> totally. Right. But but that gets skewed when you look at <coughs> the hierarchy, right? Um, so China, y- y- the United States, these are the power countries that run the world. So like they get to proliferate their their will. They get to exercise their will. So their righteousness, so to speak. Yeah, what kind of countries are those? Though? Like what, like um, communist dictatorship? These are things I don't know. Well, there's there's a lot. I mean, you know, I spent ten years in Indonesia, which, which is which is a country that met met all the criteria for a failed state. What would you classify Indonesia? It's n- let's be clear on one thing, real quick. There's no such thing as democracy. There, th- that's just not happening on planet Earth right now. Right, right. Th- that's just not. You right know, now, what I think is going on in America is slavery. Well, at best, I would call us a representative republic. We we hire or pay these guys to to exercise our belief systems or something, and clearly they don't. You right. know what I mean? But we're hiring electives to 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 kind of proliferate our will, and they're you know obviously they're not doing it, but like. That's not a democracy. That's not like we the people. The people aren't running this country. That's clear to everybody. But you go to the Muslim world, and it's a whole different structure, you know. But yeah. but ultimately the same, you know what I mean? Indonesia, you know, everyone looks at that country going, oh, my God, corruption, corruption. Suwarto, what was it, 40 years? Suwarto was 32. in 32 years. Suwarto was in power, you know, but like. It's almost the Where same in Indonesia. <laughs> the president, Suwarto, was in, this was back in the 70s and 80s, um, in power for 40 fucking years. But you look at our country, which is supposed to be the superpower, the number one country in the world. We have a, a fossil running the country. The dude's 90 years old, yeah. incoherent. I think he's a lizard. I don't even think he's a human being, Joe Biden. I really don't. Well, or he's yeah. But how does an eighty-year-old man run the most powerful com- competently? Well, think about this: everybody in Congress is over the age of fifty, and white, and white, and Christian. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. married. Well, we had Barack. Yeah, he was Muslim and black. 
I'm and not even. I think I think Barack was a, a some dark horse transplant, and, and I think he married a dude. I think his, his wife's husband Michael. Yeah, yeah. Mike, big Mike. Mm-hmm. I, I I think he puts from the rough, mm-hmm. and I think he was just a shill that they installed. Well, I think <laughs> I think it was more security than anything. Yeah, like you, you know. I think it's Michael all about was probably standing around like. Yeah, you're right. Probably. probably yeah, but like, like superhuman. The, the way you control people is is you exercise something that's sh- so shocking that th- that it confuses people they can't get their fucking head around you know and it's all about distraction 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 and then you just you know kind of exercise your will and you trans you, you know you you plant this guy into power because i remember when obama won the presidency i'd never heard of him no one had ever heard of him and then all of a sudden a year later the guy's president you know you right, know, I think it'd be interesting coming up. I think up. that happens with a lot of fucking presidents, though. So. Well, Sarah Palin, I, like, oh, who the fuck are these people? I, I voted for Andrew Yang. Fucking, absolutely, I did not. I never heard of the motherfucker, Andrew Yang. I vote. That's who I voted for. This dude was like, he had a really, really good fucking campaign speech, and um, I don't know why people, more people didn't vote. So for why him. wouldn't you vote for Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne? Did he fucking? No, but well, why wouldn't you? Well, th- and maybe he should have. What the last time because I because Ozzy's a fucking nut. That's why. What would Ozzy do? Like when I, when I was in my my twenties and I got in trouble, I would always ask myself, "What would Ozzy do?" <laughs> <laughs> I would go, "What would fucking Ozzy do?" Now I go, "What does Cardiel do?" John Cardiel, you know Cardiel, the skater. What would Cardiel do? But the last time I seriously voted was in the late eighties. And I voted for Mike Tyson because he was the toughest dude in the serious? world. Yeah, I voted for Mike Tyson because he was the toughest dude in the world. That's he, could, he could kick everyone's ass. Last dude I voted for was Andrew Yang. I don't even know <laughs> that dude. Fucking, he had a really good campaign speech. <laughs> um, he sold you. He did. <laughs> Hell yeah, he fucking did. Hey, go, go, Andrew, if you're out there, motherfucker. <laughs> I, it's me. <laughs> you, you know, but but uh, to everybody out there listening, vote for yourself. Don't fuck. Nobody's going to save you. Trump ain't going to save you. They're all the same, kind of. Vote for your fucking self. Take personal responsibility. Yeah. Either that or Polly Shore. Or, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Remember, you're 50% responsible for every interaction you have with anybody and any time and anything you ever do. That's absolutely right. (sighs) It's a hard pill to swallow. To everyone out, uh, out there listening, we thank you very much. Um, I just want you guys to think about this. I mean, really what this podcast is about is I just want you to think about like what the world would be like or visualize what the world would be like if, if human beings, all human beings, whatever color, cared about each other. And, and more importantly, like would it even be possible in the three-dimensional world of space-time with separation? Like is it even fucking possible? Um, you know, we're just kind of looking for solutions to help other people so um you know w- w- we really just want kind of just want you guys to think about this and we appreciate everybody that's watching um sorry that we digress digress a lot and we get a little bit skewed on our little it is pisces idiosyncrasies or never apologize yeah never uh, apologize. yeah that's right i'm not fucking sorry that's right unapologetically <laughs> ourselves lick my one ball that's right You're right Dang. all right but we love you guys all. This is Catharsis. And um, we're going to check out right now and have a cold cocktail and off gas. Love, peace.
Take care, bitches.